Welcome back, everyone. It's been a while. Jack of no trades. We didn't die. We haven't gone missing. We've just been a little busy. Tay, what's going on, my man? Not much. And yeah, don't give a shit for taking a little long. I mean, we got busy lives, man. We do this in our free time for your listening pleasure. So cut us a little bit You're of already slack. defensive. I know. I'm nobody's even. I'm said sorry. I'm coming yet. in hot today, guys. I'm coming real hot. Taylor is fired up. And we got Joe. What's going on, man? Wow, I'm just, uh, it's long time no here from me, but yeah. I didn't know I was coming in on Taylor's special day where he's going to be so hot. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Taylor is fired up. He's ready to roll. He has some beef right now. Tay? Let's let's hear I've, the beef. I have beef on a couple of fronts. So let's start at um, sports first because we'll, we'll, we'll break some of this up because you got a lot of shit you want to talk today. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my initial beef that, Wait, before you do, I'm one of the people who is upset that you guys haven't had a pod for a while. So, oh. come on, let's get this going. Glad let's you make missed us. All right, man. Yeah, I did. So flattered. Right. I'm blushing over well, here. We're going we're okay. to get back well, on our listening <laughs> schedule and, and tell you what. We're going to pump out one a week. We went. We said we were going to do one every two wow. weeks. We're going to pump out one a week. I'm committed to that. You know what? Let's not overcommit to no. this, Taylor. You've got a new life circumstances that you're going <gasps> to write checks that your body can't cash. So... <laughs> What is this new <laughs> life circumstance? Would you like to announce it to the podcast? Not, not particularly, but I may have a, a significant mm. other in my life now. What? So, oh. That dude, a young Philly. Yeah, <laughs> a young, a young Philly that some of our <laughs> listenership may be familiar with. At least, her, dude, everybody knows about Destiny Two now. Just spit it out. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's. Well, well, congratulations. That's uh, an exciting yeah, development. Yeah, thank you. I wish the best to you and and this other unnamed person. All right. Let's, I'm, I'm hot. hot. Get I'm hot. hot. I'm hot. hot. So, Coming in hot. Fire anyway, it up. One pot a week. Come into that. But <laughs> my initial beef started a few weeks or last week. It was about something music related. We'll get to that later. But today, Kevin effing Durant got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Uh, but what do you ben, do? do you want to explain? Sure, I'll give you a little uh, a little snippet of what he's done recently. So Kevin Durant, uh, post winning the NBA Finals with the Golden State Warriors, decided that he now has the uh, the standing, the pedestal to attack people that attack him on Twitter. And so mm-hmm. Kevin Durant has been notorious this summer for going after his haters, people talking shit. Um, Joe, are you familiar with the standing of how uh, Kevin Durant left the Oklahoma City Thunder? I am. I'm familiar with that story. Yes. I'm going to pass the rock to you to tell us about <laughs> oh. how he left the Oklahoma City <laughs> Thunder. <laughs> Not good. Not well. He, he was a free agent and everyone... Th- supposed he would stay in Oklahoma. If not, he was going to go play at home in Washington, D.C. for the Wizards. Mm -hmm. And at the last minute, he reversed face and went to the Golden State Warriors so that he could only win a championship. Now, what happened with the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Golden State Warriors in his last season in Oklahoma City? Do you remember? The... They went to Game Seven. Yes, and the Thunder were eliminated by. They the Warriors. blew after th- the Thunder were three up one. three one. Correct, correct. And then the the Warriors went on and lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thank goodness, correct? three one. Yep, that's right. Yes. So some yep. could say that Oklahoma City had the tools to beat the Warriors, but Kevin Durant was too soft. 
and <laughs> left and went to the Warriors. He could be considered to be as soft as a what, Taylor? Pussy. Cupcake. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> hey, guess, guess what, everybody? Taylor's got a girlfriend. Yeah, know. He knows what... Oh, my God. He knows what things feel like now. <laughs> wow. Well, well, I've never seen someone back themselves into that kind of a corner before. Uh, okay. Yikes. Yikes. Okay, right. back to Twitter. So, now that we have a KD backstory, KD has been attacking his uh, haters head-on on Twitter, but... It turns out Kevin Durant might have a few um, fake accounts, you know, accounts that look like normal people that he was using to go around and say, you know what? Katie's a really good guy. (laughs) Katie and Russ, you know what? They didn't have enough. And you know what? His coach was a bitch. Billy Donovan was a bitch. They weren't going to win with him. (laughs) You know what? I have two accounts. I have my personal account and my Jaunt Pod account linked. And sometimes I post things on accident with my Jaunt Pod account when I really want to do it with my personal and vice versa. KD, he accidentally did that. He talked in third person like he wasn't Kevin Durant and posted it to his personal account. Talking shit on why he (laughs) should have left OKC. Hilarious and so great that we have the screenshot function to snag these things before people can delete them. And, you know, how disgraceful is that? That he's going around incognito defending himself. It's like writing reviews for something you put out on the internet. It's like (laughs) writing reviews for your own YouTube video. Like, man, this is the best video I've ever seen. It's disgraceful, especially from a professional athlete. If he wasn't soft before... He's mushy now. Cupcake. Who has who has time uh, on his level to be the type of person he is? A superstar, a millionaire, all these things that he just wants to be on Twitter like, guys, don't be mean to KD. He's cool. Guys. Like, does he really need to do this? Joe? I, well, I can't imagine that some guy that's, I mean, some account that's got 30 followers is going to hold any weight on Twitter anyway. <laughs> right. Fighting about Ke- Kevin Durant. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm beating up on Kevin Durant, and you're coming in with your egg pitcher and your you know, 12 followers, and, and every one of your tweets is defending KD. I mean, this is weird. I don't care about you. <laughs> right? So, But while we're on the subject of Twitter, Joe profiteered off of one of my comments on Twitter this week and got an abnormal amount of likes for our type of following. So... Congratulations. Thank you. I think I'm up to 20 likes Damn. or something. Damn. What, what, what was it? No. Um, Joe Rogan posted a video of a, of a dad getting uh, c- those colorblind glasses. And uh, I, I just replied. I said, as a colorblind, um, I believe that you should – you don't need those glasses. Just accept life the way it is, you know, like be you. And uh, and Joe uh, made a comment that was – pretty funny i i just said i'm nearsighted but why should i wear glasses to help me see clearly i'm just gonna be me (laughs) and then it just started like a string of people being like i got asthma i don't need a fucking inhaler (laughs) (laughs) guess i'll just be me you asshole and i'm like okay i'm paralyzed why should i i don't need a wheelchair to get around i'm just gonna be me crawl around Uh, so i i definitely triggered a few people so yeah. But there are people that think that way, you know? I learned that from uh, Tyler Tyler from the Off the Rails, that deaf people don't want cochlear implants, so I'm just like them. 
You know what? Just accepting myself as a colorblind rather than trying to fix myself. I feel like that's saying you don't like chocolate and you've never had chocolate before. Like, it's it's one of those things. But anyway, we can... Anyway. We can keep going. Off track. So, is that all you got about Katie? No. What else you got? You got a lot of hate inside. damn shoes. Oh, his His shoes. shoes. This is... Happened last week. I was a little late to the party. I found out about it today when I found out about his Twitter scandal. I love... Uh, uh, just to clarify, Taylor now has a girlfriend, so he, he doesn't have time to be looking about on Twitter every no, day. So busy, he just checks it in, checks in no, once a week. No, that's, that's right. not true. I was just—I don't follow KD in the off season. It had nothing to do with the girlfriend thing. I have plenty of time to look at. I just don't follow him. But anyway, I, I, this came to my attention today. His—he called them his cupcake edition tennis shoes. Oh, that's S- cute. nice. So. I don't know if Joe, have you seen a picture of these? Ben has. I have not. Oh, I have not. I'm, Ben. I'm ben, can you send him a picture of those, or speak. you can look it up? No, I'll, I have. You know, I have. A, He's got the internet right, machine. It'll come up on a Google yeah, search. Google ad. He put all of his stats from the NBA Finals games on the bottom soles of his shoes, and he put all of the words that people have been saying about him, like soft, cupcake, snake, traitor. He put those on the bottom soles of his shoes, and then he. And then he, oh wow, these are, uh, they're these terrible. terrible. These are, ju- and he's he has different cupcake flavors as the names like red velvet, chocolate. It, he's he's the biggest bitch. I, I can't stand him. The, he's so go ahead. So so like, there's that fun part with your buddies where you like have this joke that's just so funny. Like you're making fun of this guy and everyone just loves it and they laugh and they enjoy it. But then that guy that you're making fun of starts embracing it too hard, you know, and they start saying it like all the time. And then it just becomes not funny anymore. You know, it's like the ultimate way to beat a joke. Like that's what Kevin Durant did with the cupcake thing. It's just sad, really. Just a big Donald Trump sad, you know. (laughs) I just (laughs) feel bad. He is really good. Yeah. He's a really good player, and he doesn't need to to pull stunts like this. Just be good. Yeah. Just be good. Going to Golden State aside, you're a great player. You don't need to, oh, I'm in on the joke, guys. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) These are velvet cupcake shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Just be you. Get it? Because I'm soft, but I'm not. Because I won, guys. I won. Me. Me. It's like, all right, we get it. And like you said, he's great. Just be great. Just let people talk. It's fun. And and Ben just sent me a a tweet he he retweeted or sent to me. Um, a girl said that Kevin Durant is the Taylor Swift of the NBA, which is just beautiful. beautiful. It's a great segue too. The the analogy is perfect. Yes, for how I'm I'm seeing things. And Taylor Swift's um, last two singles have been garbage. So we're transitioning into Taylor's music beef. Yes. So he's moving from his hate from Kevin Durant onto Taylor Swift. So before we get into Taylor's beef, I mean, it's hard to see into the future, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's hard to predict. But you guys did your Katy Perry, Taylor Swift podcast about two months too early. Because who could have seen the absolute demise of Taylor Swift? Yeah. Yeah. She, well, who could have seen the demise of Katy Perry? I was going to say, we're the kiss of death because they both <laughs> yeah, yeah. have tanked. <laughs> historically since this well, podcast. Well, you know, it's, it's too bad because, you know, old Taylor couldn't come to the phone right now because she's dead. So. <laughs> she's dead. She's dead. <laughs> so she is dead. It was her demise. She said it in her song. Yep. 
So, Joe, from where the chips are sitting right now, who do you give the nod to? Obviously, Taylor Swift's album's not out yet, but if you have to choose one today, who's winning? And we know where that album's going. Yeah, we do. Uh, neither one of them's good. Yeah. Am I? Cho- what am I choosing on? Just their current state? Yeah, the current who's, status. Who's, who's, who's queen? A, who's queen? Who's got more value? On a scale of one... Oh, <laughs> the only thing that saves Katy Perry is Chained by the Rhythm was... It was okay. It's pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Her, her haircut... <laughs> right. Destroyed her. The rest of the album... Terrible. Yo, but when she puts a wig on, she's back. We're good. Exactly. So she's going to grow it out. So that's that song that Taylor Swift, the new Taylor Swift song, the first one. What's Look what called? you made me do. I don't know. We're, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> With the video where she's bringing back all her characters. <laughs> yep. Oh. If I if I took a dump <laughs> in a urinal <laughs> and so somebody had to scoop it out with their hand, uh, that's the closest comparison I can say to that, that Taylor Swift song. And I'm going to say that song is poop in a urinal. You had Indian food before that defecation. That is that mm. song in the urinal. <laughs> I'm going to disagree. <laughs> I'm going to say I had a bran muffin and a whole handful of Triscuits oh. because there's it's not oh. runny at all. Oh it's high in protein. You <laughs> know, it's not going to flush down with heavy. five or six flushes. Damn. Yeah. It is really, really bad. And it, I feel for people who love Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and they have to defend her. I mean, it's the same people who... Uh, voted for Trump and have to defend him. They're like, oh, I, I was pretty committed, so now I have to defend him, and I'm going to argue this, but it's pretty hard because this song is garbage. A lot of head-scratching with that squint, you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not so bad, you know, it's okay, you know. It sounds like Fergie. It sounds like a Fergie song. She just talks through it. It's too bad. My least favorite defense so, so- is when they're like, it's good marketing. It's good marketing. No, it's not. <laughs> No, it's not. Make good music. You're a musician. Yeah. Um, and she makes you buy her album. Well, she's back on Spotify. But, I mean, she makes you buy her album. That's how she makes her money. So she has to put out good music to make money. So What's strategic what? about her, like, stopping singing? She doesn't sing on her songs anymore. She does that stupid, like, anybody could rap over the pop the beat. It's what Fergie it's does. the Fergie move, right? But Fergie actually has a yeah. little bit of flow compared to what Taylor Swift does. And I'm not a Fergie fan, but she did look hot in whatever she was wearing last week. So I don't know what's going on there. But not related. Why is Taylor <laughs> Swift not singing? I'll send you a picture. Uh, thank you. But Taylor know. Swift, she's a great dancer. She... <laughs> I'm no, kidding. she's not. <laughs> she's not. She, she walks She's clumsily. just so gangly. It's just not a not a good move for her. Yeah, she's all limbs, and and I love the uh, Blake. You know, oh, she sexualizes herself to <laughs> Katy Perry. It's like, uh, look at Taylor Swift <laughs> wearing fishnets and all that bullshit, and she's ugly. So what are you gonna do? Like, she she had hit she she dr- not dropped her country fans, but she'd hit exactly what she wants, what she should be is pop that's safe to take your mom to. Yeah, you know, and and. So moms loved her because she was great, and kids loved her because the songs. 1989, it was that pinnacle Taylor. And why didn't she stay there? Why does she? Why does she have? Why does everybody? Why does everybody <laughs> have to go edgy and go urban and make this weird transition? It's not because they get older. It's because they're looking for a new audience or they want to. They want respect. It's like when um, Robin Williams does Insomnia or Jim Carrey does. Um, 
what's the it's sunshine of the eternal yeah world. I, I know. yeah it's when they go already They're like yeah yeah okay okay those movies were pretty good but that's not your wheelhouse why are you trying to like show us how great you are by expanding into something else stay where you're at you're not great stay where you're at stay in that lane Taylor. i don't yeah we'll see where the album goes it's not looking good um i hope we uh, see Taylor Swift drop an f bomb on this track on this album. Whoa! Because that would be like that wouldn't surprise wow. me after these yeah, these first two songs well, that wouldn't surprise me. Well, she's me trying to go bit. hardcore. Like she thinks she's tough now or well, something. I don't know. Well, why. she almost looks tatted up on her album artwork for the for the single. Yeah, which would be funny. And, and the thing is, is like she got caught with the Kanye West Kim Kardashian thing. She got caught lying. And she keeps trying to say, like, she doesn't know what's going on. Like, she doesn't want any part of all of these things that people say about her. But at the same time, she's the ultimate fuel for everything that's said. So it just doesn't work for her, like, trying to come off innocent or naive. It's just cheap. It looks so tacky. And the music's not good. So if you don't have that even going for you, you know, what next? Blank Space was a good song. You know, it was catchy, yeah. and it and it was her talking about herself being a, a freaking psycho, which I still think she is. But it was like, yeah, you made a good song, so at least you did something good there. But yeah, and me and Ben have talked about this, and I've said this to him numerous times. I said, just because you call yourself a psycho bitch doesn't mean you're not a psycho bitch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's back to KD saying he's a cupcake. Yeah. You know, I'm a cupcake. I'm a cupcake. It's like, yeah, you still are yeah. a cupcake. You know, I'm glad you embraced it. So wow. What do you know? Well, you guys, is there anything else you want to get off your chest here? I want to talk about something positive. Our listeners have well, gone. They wanted a little positive. There's one more beef that happened. Oh, you got more yeah. beef. And this one, this one's real personal. To, He's got to, given his beef to oh, his girl. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I hope she doesn't hear this. Um, <laughs> she's she's, she's uh, going to listen. Definitely going to okay. listen. And, and I, I have no inside information that – Except for what Taylor bragged oh, about oh my gosh. to us on his, our group chats. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. In the Destiny There's chats. There's so much bragging going on. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, okay. so Anyways, Foo Fighters name? dropped Concrete and Gold this past week, this past Friday. They did. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later on. But, but oh, okay. I, I was talking Just to my tease. friend, my friend Blake, who was on the pod, the Taylor Swift, Katy Perry talk, and I said, and I said that I think that Dave Grohl is the face of rock. Like, if you had to pick one guy to represent the rock community, I said it would be Dave. He's the guy. Like, the, he's the guy who plays at the Grammys. Foo Fighters headline most major festivals. And he told me that he thought Nickelback was a better representative as the face of rock. Because they had sold more, to, sold more albums. So I got kind of hot at that At that opinion so that's that's my beef i i really don't have words for that I d oh. <laughs> that's one of the oh boy there's too much to yeah, unpack with that <laughs> statement. i know that's a that's a really dumbass statement i mean to say that i mean does that mean that hootie and the blowfish are the face of uh, 90s music. All I want to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, is that what we're thinking? You're going to think of in 10 years when we think of, of the 90s? You call like, me oh, a man. fool. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are we saying Shania Twain 
is the face of country music because she sold the highest, you know, selling country album ever. Hell, I don't know. Sheryl Crow. Isn't Sheryl Crow like one of the greatest like like pop artists ever? Oh, sh- by no. sales, by sales, by sales. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's the it's the I'm saying that NSYNC has the greatest debut album of all time I, because they sold the the most in the first week. Well, I don't know I about don't their debut, so. but No Strings Attached is the greatest <laughs> boy band album ever agreed, made. Agreed. So they at least 100% have that. Hundred percent agree. Well, that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about is No Strings oh. Attached. When No Strings came out, Attached came out, it sold like. 2.8 million that first week. I think we had two copies <laughs> at our house. So <laughs> that was a great album. But anyway, we're getting distracted. But the thing is here is that if it's just based again, the beginning of everything, movies, TV, music, it's all subjective. It's what you listen to and what you like, right? You can't tell anybody what to like or what not to like. You can tell them reasons why you like it or hate it, but it's not going to change them. If you want to go objectively off of who's selling the most, well, People in mass quantities do really stupid things all the time, and you could argue that Applebee's. <laughs> you go to Applebee's. <laughs> they vote for Donald Trump. You know, like if you want to go collectively, like people as a whole can make bad decisions, and so just saying that everyone made one bad decision together, therefore makes it the right decision, is very, very, very poor logic. So Nickelback selling more CDs than Foo Fighters, therefore makes them the better band. I guess that's where we're at. I don't agree well, I don't, with it's, that. It's, the argument wasn't that it's they're a better band. It's that they're the face of rock. And Nickelback has so many haters because it's cool to hate Nickelback. Yeah, it's fun. It's in, it's know, in vogue. And, and <laughs> they're, they're an easy easy band to, to, to pick on, you know, because they have a funny name and they're Canadian and their lead singer looks like a foot. Weird and, <laughs> yeah, and they and – they, and their song's – no, uh, they're kind of all. They're, they're, they're <laughs> I mean, it's very Never easy made it to, as a to wise man. <laughs> Never but, made it as a poor man stealing. I mean, that alone should tell you that they're not the face of rock, because everybody wouldn't wouldn't say that. But was the last time I don't think you saw you them on pick, TV? Would, n- never, never, never. So, I mean, they're honestly award shows. Um, VH1, Grammy, you know, wherever we're going to have live music on TV, there's only two rock bands that ever get invited. And Taylor's right. Foo Fighters are one of them. Mm -hmm. Now, Foo Fighters honestly get invited because Dave Grohl is a showman. And people love Dave Grohl. And he can, he's funny. And he's well-spoken. And he can um, play a lot of instruments. So Foo Fighters get in. But they're also, and I, I grimace saying this, but they're they, what I talked about with Taylor Swift. It's they're not offensive. You, you can say, oh, this is a rock band, and you can sit next to your mom, and she's not going to be like, oh, this this is terrible. She's going to be like, yeah, well, this it's is true. Rock music. My mom other, likes Dave Grohl. The other, that's a big deal. The, yeah, the yeah, and so they kind of speak to the masses, mm-hmm. which. Lends me to think that that's the face of rock. The other band that gets invited um, that I would consider a rock band is Metallica. And Metallica, I think they're just good enough to their fans that, and they're big enough that when they get invited, they're like, yeah, we'll play on this show because we're going to sell some albums. While other people are like, oh, no, I'm not going to play at the Grammys. It's just going to be all rap music. Right. So, 
Yeah. But besides those two, you never see anybody. Well, and the Foo Fighters are just hard enough that they keep cred with, like, kind of the harder rock fans, you know? Not, right, right. Uh, and Metallica is, while they are, like, kind of a thrash metal band, they are soft enough that they can play in those venues, you know? So they have the crossover and ability. They both, they both had, exactly, they both had po- crossover popular albums. Music. So, but but yes. I think you're right, Joe. I think Dave Grohl is more famous than Foo Fighters. 100%. I bet, I yes, I bet people think he is Foo Fighters. Well, and he is the bridge to an era that and your is. generation, Joe, looks back very fondly. It may not be a, a perfect era, but he is the face of the most popular band. Not the greatest, the, but the most popular the, from the era. He's one of the, the last ones standing. It's so sad. Honestly, and and you look at a band like Pearl Jam, and while Eddie Vedder is a great showman in himself, he's been so narrow in how he approaches like the music scene that he, yeah. it's almost a cult following at this point. It's not. Yeah, and and he he's not a good interview. You know, yeah. he's he's gonna inevitably say something political that's gonna alienate some of his audience. He he you know he mumbles through mm-hmm. things. He he's hard to understand. He he's not. He's not Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl's a great interview. He's very hilarious and and engaging, and people like that. And and Eddie Vedder, although Pearl Jam probably makes better music, that that holds them back. Right. They're too serious. They're too serious. And rest in peace, Chris Cornell was probably the he fit the part of the superstar. He I'm not saying he yeah. acted that and like like took all that fame. Like he could have, but like with his voice and the and the the street cred he had with all his different projects he worked yeah. on, you know, like he could have maybe been in that kind of discussion as well. But it goes back to Dave, and Dave is just so involved. Like he plays on Queens of the Stone Age albums. He's he does random like he'll play at country like country festivals, doesn't he? Like he'll play at the CMA sometimes, yeah. you know. Like he's yeah. just visible. He produced a Zach Brown band. Yeah. Uh, album. And, he makes yeah, HBO specials, which we will not talk about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, HBO albums. And, and the, it wasn't like I was like pulling this out of thin air too. Like I read an article in Rolling Stone that said the same thing. Like had the same ar- thing said the same thing that I said. That it wasn't like a crazy notion to say that Dave Grohl is the face of rock. So like, well, I, I like if. It, if you hadn't had that conversation and someone and you weren't thinking about the food fighters and someone said, who's the face of rock? And you had to really think about it. Who else would you choose? Well, I guess it depends on your, what your re- definition of rock is. Well, food fighters just but dropped I mean, an album. But if someone asked you that six months ago and said to you, Joe, who's the face of rock? No face would come immediately into your mind. No, no, I, some, uh, yeah. I mean, some people are, they're stupid. And um, you know they're gonna say you too. Oh but gosh! That's just because really, Jeez. still, <laughs> yeah. But they're not. Are they rock? I don't think they're rock. They've never been rock. They they're just pop. The I mean, I got I got in trouble with a Facebook post <laughs> a while ago because I said I said I bet kids who love Imagine Dragons have parents who really <laughs> loved you too. You know what? My dad does love you too. And Imagine Dragons are great. And I'm well, like, that's fantastic. And guess what? I'm glad you brought They're them up, though. They're both very safe bands. They're both like, hey, look, I can listen to this in the car with my girlfriend, and she's going to dig it. And so I'll pretend, you know. So, like, bands like safe. Imagine Dragons and Kings of Leon. Pilots. And 
Oh, I don't want to throw 21 pilots They're in They're considered rock yet. But I mean, like, Imagine Dragons, I thought was a one-off, one-album band, <laughs> and I thought they would go away. But they've, like you said, Joe, they've hit the safe zone. Where they drop a hit yeah. and everybody's like, I like his voice enough. And so they get thrown in into all the popular music when they need to represent a rock artist or a rock band, you know? Yeah. It's, which is yeah. it's weird. It's a weird place to be as far as so, music is now. So for you guys, what is rock? I mean, define what do you think rock is today as we approach the end of 2017? Now, it's going to be different than it was 20 years ago or 40 years ago. But what is what is well, rock? That's a good today? question because there's so many like sub genres of rock, right? I mean, is classic rock a genre? I mean, I mean cuz everything becomes yes. classic rock at some point, right? I mean, Foo Fighters might be considered yep. classic rock. I don't know. If you Well, they've been yeah, they've been around long their enough 90s they get music. played on the 90 yeah, 90s station. Yeah. So like which is 20 years ago. For myself, rock and roll, rock music, true rock music is basically dead. Because I I think about bands that are true rock bands, the Led Zeppelins, the Jimi Hendrixes, the Rush, the band Rush. All of these bands, I'm like they are their guitar, their bass, their drums, and their singing. And they might have a little flourishes of other things in there, but that is rock music when those are key pieces to the sound. We've now hit an era where... But, but that, Go ahead. that instrument set that you just said, guitar, drum, bass, singer, maybe a rhythm guitar, you just described Imagine Dragons. You just described... Right, every country band that's uh, out there today. You described every country band in the '80s, like Randy Travis had that. So, what makes right. that so, group rock? So the the way that they approach it is is obviously in the distinction, right? Because the twangy distortion on on a guitar automatically makes it a country song, right? Because you could have a, a classic okay. rock rift and a country rift, and the only difference is the way the, the guitar is distorted and maybe some familiar riff patterns you would hear on other country songs, which I'm not going to try and explain the minutia of that. But it all comes back down to the distortion and how prominent these instruments are used in the core sound of itself. So like a, mm. a band like Katy Perry, like let's say Katy Perry. Katy Perry has guitars in her songs, she has bass and she has drums, but they're more florid, like like finishing touches on her sound rather than the driving sound around what she's singing to. Correct. Her voice is the uh, centerpiece of the of music. the music. Eighty percent, right, is what you concentrate. That just complements her voice. Whereas Rush or Led Zeppelin or Aerosmith. It's almost just any of those bands. One of the instruments in the group, in the team, yeah. Right. And those instruments itself is a voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, like I think Katy Perry's like it's like the evolution of like the Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin era, right? Where they had a band behind them, which a band could be a big band, right? Like a symphony almost. But the singing is the was the centerpiece of it, just like Katy Perry. So that's like an evolution of that. Right, right, and they were pop. That was pop I mean, music think of them as of their day. And, but that was pop music, and then Elvis was rock, right? But that was that was tempo and everything, and okay. and explaining. So we've yeah. So explaining these like it, subcategories gets really kind of tricky, and it's like sure. And let's let's not try to get into that of like 
thrash metal, death metal, all that kind of stuff. We'll just kind of talk about rock as a whole. Right. So, so rock and rock and roll is dead. We agree with that. So for my, that's that old style. Yeah. Right. So for me, to, is there an? Is, oh, go ahead. Um, yeah. It's just to finish my point of like where rock is for myself now. You know, mm-hmm. so that is like where like the foundation was, and it's like you have these bands, and then you had other bands like let's say. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, right? 90s, like they had a rapper and it was definitely a rock sound with rap on top of it. And then this kind of progressed into the 2000s where we had bands like Audio Slave, right? And that was kind of your classic... Like this is, you had this the singer. I mean, ra- ra- I was going to say, Rage Against the Machine literally evolved I, into Audio Slave. I think more yes, like Linkin Park, right? Linkin Park, all of those kind of like... Disturbed. Disturbed... Blink-182, I mean, all of these kind of like punk bands formed up, and they had this real specific sound, uh, you know, the yellow cards, all of these people. Yeah. And then, but then all of a sudden, these aren't these aren't this isn't rock anymore, in my opinion. This is when you start talking about Blink eighty two and Yellow Card, Jimmy Eat World, and uh, Lifehouse. Yeah, all of a sudden, these are just pop bands, right? And that's they're playing a pop sound, pretending that they're a band, right? And that's that's kind of what I'm at. Is like Actually, there are rock bands. The 2000s Actually. essentially just killed off anything that we had in terms of like a true rock act, except for the the old timers that were still touring and making their their music. You know, because Metallica was still making albums, Rush was still making albums, all these bands were still putting things out, but it just didn't have the cultural mainstream appeal. You know, it just had no place in uh, in popular music, and. Honestly, it it was basically just kind of the Foo Fighters now that are they're starting to phase out the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Same thing, they're starting to phase out. There's just not there's just not the acts anymore, and there's really nobody carrying the mantle. I mean, a, a band like Royal Blood. Have you, you saw them live? Didn't you, Joe? I did. Would you call them like the they're holding the pet like the the torch for rock? Uh, I mean, they. I th- don't think they're holding anything, but I mean, they're playing rock, and I thought they were pretty good. They are nowhere near the front. They they would be they would fade into obscurity, in any other decade. So let me ask you this question: Are we seeing the death of rock because bands aren't coming up out of of the grassroots, or is it because people don't like it anymore? Is it interest fading in in rock music? Well, I think that there's a huge section of the population, ninety percent maybe that will listen to whatever they're told to listen to. So if radio or you know YouTube or whatever they're they're getting music from tells them that they now like Kanye West, that's what they like. I mean, yeah. Macklemore has a successful career based on someone telling people that Macklemore is who they should be listening to. That people don't aren't really there just doesn't seem to be that variety and we could get into the uh you know all the radio stations being b- bought up by Clear Channel and Live Nation and and all those, but that's not it's. And then people don't play music anymore. Who no. do you know under the age of twenty that plays an instrument? Um, just I yeah. my cousin my cousin I mean, plays no. a trombone. Just parents <laughs> that make them play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, it seems like everybody 
played the piano or the guitar or, you know, something. They had some sort of music. Not everybody, but most people did. So they had some sort of knowledge about in, about music. They could, And when you understand just a little bit about something, then you can start to make your own opinion and know what you like. And if people aren't playing music now, then they're, they don't have that knowledge or that basis to form their own opinion. And they just like what they're told. Much like politics. You, much like politics when people, they don't really know what they're talking about, but that someone told them to, yeah. that this is an issue and that they should care about abortion. And Baseline uh, human behavior yeah, is yeah. to be a sheep. Yep. It's, it's to follow the herd. Yep. And it's, yeah. it's, so it takes a lot of effort to find um, music that you like. You know, so that's my segue right here. Okay. Joe, how would you find music back when you were a teenager? What was your process for, for your music discovery? Okay, it was the radio, first and foremost. You know, you'd, you'd do that. And then the magic that's gone, you would go to a, a CD store, a record store, although they were CDs, and you just thumb through CDs. And you'd keep on looking, and you'd see if something caught your eye. And uh, maybe a band would open for a favorite band of yours. <coughs> Or they'd get a little uh, radio airplay and you'd, you'd catch on to them. But you'd just look for cool covers. Iron Maiden has a career based on cool covers um, of albums. Yeah. So, uh, But that's, that's how. It'd be radio. It'd be um, festivals. But th- which means you still had to be pretty big to, to be found, you know, for me to listen to. Now your favorite group could be just on YouTube or just on SoundCloud. I mean, the possibilities are greater. Um, I mean, so how many songs, how many new songs do you think you were exposed to over a month? Like, this is really hard to quantify. I know, but just like, think about how many different songs, like a friend would pass your way or you'd hear on the radio. Not as many as I I would think, but 12, 12 sounds like a decent number, which is a small number that you would remember, right? Correct. And I probably wouldn't remember. Any of those songs. I mean, a song has a lot, a life of, if it's a good song or a popular song, of three to four months. And so right. if you get 12 of those each month, you can fill a whole summer with a very small collection of songs. Right. Taylor, how was your high school experience with music? So. Uh, like how you discover music. Well, I when I was in high school, I was in the, the kind of the middle area era, like smartphones were just coming onto the scene, like the iPhone. That was near the end of like my high school career. People started getting iPhones, but it was more like swapping CDs with friends and burning them or whatever. Which you know, it's technically stealing music, but you know, <laughs> and that was the that was about the time where people started downloading music off the internet. But it was really just talking with friends, um, experimenting. It was still. I remember looking for uh, for bargain CDs. Um, Hearing mm-hmm. stuff with friends, getting a getting yep, a lots of getting a Red Hot Chili Peppers album for two bucks, and be like, "Wow, this is awesome!" And it, and there and it was with, before we knew everything. Before the internet could tell us everything in our po- you know, while we were standing right there, it was so cool to find a CD you didn't know existed. Yeah. 
yes. know, or to find something. Yes. Be, you know, the guitarist of your of one of your favorite bands has a solo album, and you're finding in the you know just like Taylor said in the discount bin. You're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this. I bet it's great. And you're like, it's not great. <laughs> but you know, right. all of a sudden you've got this CD that nobody else has that you could you f- could find, and you just discover things or things that just come out. Now you're well aware. Of what, yes. you know, who has an album coming out, where, uh, their entire catalog. Well, it, the crazy thing is... Wait, that was my thing. The crazy thing is yeah. now, yeah. I, I pay $5 on Spotify for a premium, and I can get literally every song by every band except for Def Leppard. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Tool. And, and, and Tool, tool isn't on, on Spotify. Everything. And Garth Every Brooks. album. Yeah. Every compilation. Every cover. It, it's... It's crazy, and I feel like a lot of people aren't taking advantage of that, and they listen to the same stuff they've been listening to for years. Well, I agree. Here's my point: is is when I was back, like in high school, and I was the type that didn't download music illegally. I, I'd do the CD swapping, but I wouldn't download music illegally. And I would just like, I would plan and search for the next album I was mm-hmm. gonna buy, and I would try and be so strategic. And I would, and I to this day, when I find an album I like, I listen the hell out of that thing. I listen to it over and over and over, and just live with that baby. But now, it's Spotify. It's everything, and yeah. I feel like I discover nothing. And I know they have a million algorithms, and they're like, "You like this song, so you know, listen to this song," you know. And they try and throw things at you all the time. And Spotify is smart now because it's like Netflix. It's like you have an album you're playing, and when the thing ends, it'll just go ahead and find more music for you to keep you listening constantly, you know, just as a as a baseline setting. And I still, I just you don't feel that magic anymore. No for music and- like you used to. It's kind of sad, even though I have it all now. I think my gr- yeah. At the very end of the CD cycle, and at the very at the peak of downloading music, is when I really, really loved music because your options were still limited. So even if you were downloading mm-hmm. stuff, you only had so much on your iPod or whatever you listened to, and you but you were able to explore new types of music. You know, give it a shot. But now with I, I and I I can't believe I have everything in the world I could want on Spotify, and I still get in a rut. And I still forget exactly. to listen to things. I, I love Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you're going to use because you have that opportunity to listen to something you never would. So somebody says something and, and it reminds you of growing up and you're like, I'm going to listen to that Billy Joel album. And you listen to that Billy Joel album once and you're like, huh, yeah, like, there cool. it was. <laughs> and then you never, but you would never have spent the time or the money to go onto iTunes and buy Billy Joel's Glass Houses. You know, you're like, nah, I'm, I'm not going right. to listen to it. So, excuse me, for the artists, I think they're getting a little more exposure. They're obviously not getting the money they want, but they're getting more exposure and more possibility. But I, I'm, I, I think I listen to less variety now than I did with CDs so, or iTunes. So my, my favorite yeah. music discovery um, experience was when I was a senior in high school and I, I watched Saturday Night Live and the Foo Fighters happened to be on that that show as the act. And they played Walk and they played Rope off this new album I'd never heard of before called Wasting Light. And Are it, you it, 11 and, years old? No, no. I was a senior in high school. Um, 
Oh and uh, and I was like, holy shit, these songs kick ass. Who is this? Like, what album is this? Why don't I know about this? I went on iTunes and I bought it and I listened to the hell out of that thing for like three months. I, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Absolutely. And I'm like, I feel like that wouldn't have been the same if that album came out today, unfortunately. But like, it was just so cool. It's such an organic way yeah. to discover that music. I, I yeah. Foo Fighters had an album come out last week, and they had released three singles by that time. They were in Rolling Stone. They were doing this. I mean, you knew this album was coming out. It was oversaturated, and you knew social media alone. You know, you knew what the album was going to sound like. You knew who was on it. There wasn't any surprises, and when it came out. It kind of deflated the purpose. For me, for Wasting Light, I just want to tell this story. I knew it was coming out. And so the night before it came out, I drove down. I drove an hour and a half south past where you think I went to the next big city and went Mm. to a movie theater and watched the debut of their documentary. um, They called Back and Forth about the making of Wasting Light. And then at the end of the documentary... Foo Fighters did a live broadcast in 3D, so they gave you 3D glasses, of <laughs> Wasting Light. And that's the first time I heard Wasting Light is they performed. They were just in a room. There's no audience. And they performed Wasting Light, and I heard it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's good. And the next day I went and bought it at Best Damn. Buy. That's cool. Yeah. That was a cool that was Fun a, story. That was a cool way. I think Rope had come out as a single. But that was the yeah. first time um, I heard the album. It was them playing it live front to back my first time hearing it i was in brazil and i got it on a shitty usb drive somebody <laughs> gave me and, and this terrible little speaker like the cheapest shittiest speaker you could ever imagine and i listened to it and i was like this album kind of sucks but i realized when i got home back to america that it was uh it was the speaker it yeah. literally like could not do the sound justice i was like this is just bullshit but mm. well and it's, it's so, that album gets better that that album oh, yeah. was good when it came out and then it kind of grew, and and like like you said, walk. It was like their fifth single. I mean, it it was like eight months later, and it, and the album started to to mean more, and and you really delved into it. And I don't think Concrete and Gold's gonna be that way. I think my opinion that I have of it today is my opinion that I'm gonna have in a year. Now seeing them live Sad. may change change it. I'm like, oh my gosh. That song is great. I love La Di Da, you know, th- which th- I do like that song. But it might be better life, but I think I think it's it is what it is. Well, well, let's dive into the album so, review and let's tell you guys so how to take it, this album is a funny experience for me too because it dropped on September fifteenth, but for some reason they shipped. So I I bought the album on disc so I could pre-order or I could get into a pre-sale for concert tickets. Um, got floor seats, pretty excited. But anyway, they shipped it to me on the Monday before it came out on a Friday. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? And so, and so nobody else had heard it. So I, I had this album. I was like, this is kind of cool. It's because it wasn't on. But you know, that's they released it in vaults, right? They So like if you pre-ordered the CD, they sent it out in like waves before the full release date. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got that part. Um Okay, because you made it sound like he's like, I got a secret special CD from the Foo Fighters. I think they accidentally sent it to my house. (laughs) Well, I I was like, they said on Instagram they just sent out some CDs. Well, I was confused because it didn't drop till that Friday. But anyway, it was kind of cool. 
it kind of got me back to the the old days where you you had the CD and you couldn't just go pull it up on Spotify. So like it was kind of a it was kind of exciting. It was like opening up a present on Christmas Day. You know, you're like this, this is awesome. But that is cool. I I thought the album was decent. It was better than Sonic Highways. Um, there's a few songs I really like. Oh wow! Way to go! <laughs> well, careful out there on that limb. Yeah, you just gonna. All right, you I might got, just the, fall I got out. the song names here. Okay, so let's let's do a quick we'll run through the songs. In, okay, I want to give them a definitive review. Well, right. our our first like week take on this. Sure. So we got the first song on the album is T-shirt. My least favorite song on the album. And I equate this to the beginning of The Color and the Shape, where they did mm. Doll. Yeah. And it was good basically the exact same thing. Just a... It's, yeah. it's like the soft little, like, Dave just strumming along, and then it builds up for a second, and, and it goes away, and it's very short. Monkey wrench. Right. Or no, actually, dive in. It? And it did that with Run, with yeah. this one. Yep. Good call. Okay. So my least favorite song. Do you know why they do that? Like the soft open? It's like a tease? I don't I don't get it. Well I read a I read an article and they said that um it was like it was like a like a tribute to Queen. That that song was. Yeah. That you could tell their influence of from Queen from the song. That wasn't my opinion. That was what it was what in the I don't get art people sometimes. Stop, stop. With the weird, I hate music reviews. I, I gotta be honest. You know, whenever what it I is? read an official music review, it, they're so pretentious. <laughs> what is it? This is my opinion of why the best Foo Fighters songs, The Pretender, One by One, Monkey Wrench, they all follow the same formula. They come in with a soft verse, they have a loud chorus, they go back to a soft verse, they have a loud chorus, then they do the, the, the same verse, kind of stretched out but loud. And then a loud chorus, <coughs> and they're all that mm. way. And that that this kind of is that formula over an entire album. They start soft, they go loud, they go soft, they go loud, they go loud, they go loud, they go soft. You know, they do. It wasn't they're very as successful good at that. As the Pretender, the Pretender's incredible. Pretender, yeah, that's one. Of the I mean, it's a very top five. That's that's actually a Nirvana trick that uh, Dave yeah. has carried over. Is that soft? I mean, Nirv- hell, Nirvana has a song called chorus verse or verse chorus verse and that i mean i know that's how songs are but that soft loud soft loud um that's a foo fighter staple so but they hone it they're so tight with how they do it and the way mm-hmm. it's mixed but there it, is it has a, power there, there isn't a song that does that on this album there isn't a song that's soft and builds up to yeah. this explosion like pretender does in after the second chorus when he's what am i saying you know there's yeah, no there's not the, that like, song okay or it trails off. Moving on. So we get Run. And I think Run is a perfect Foo Fighters song. Right. It's the it's one that's going to get thrown into the lexicon that's going to yep. stick with them for the rest of the career, and everyone's going to be happy about it. That's yep. my take. Yep. Solid, solid single. Nothing. Yep. Probably the second, second best song on the album, I think. Um, the drums are great. Mm-hmm. I think his, his drums in that song just really take it home. I love it. It stands out. It pops. It's great. Good job, Taylor Hawkins. <laughs> Good job. So then we get we get into make it right. Um, what did you guys think? It's just kind of eh. Yeah, me I too. didn't hate I, it, but it I think it meh. sounds like something like like an '80s rock band would write, like in the, like the heyday of '80s like rock music. It sounds like something like Warren or somebody would write. I don't know. I didn't connect with it <laughs> Warren, at all. I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> I I mean. <laughs> I can't place it. There's a couple of songs on here. I'm like, this has a sound that is just like something, some other song, but I can't figure it out. 
so I'm useless to this podcast. But uh, I don't know. I would forget that song. It's and throw forgettable, it away, honestly. Yeah, yeah uh, no, I it it there's uh, f- four songs on this album, maybe five songs that remind me of the end of Echo Silence, Patience and Grace. Remember mm. Echo Silence and Patience yes. and Grace was good at the first. It was yes. so good, and then right around Long Road to Ruin, it starts to fall off, and the 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 last was well, after. Well, there's that Nickelback sounding song, "Erase, Replace." That's the one. Yeah, erase, <laughs> replace. <laughs> But just What's the, the soft one on that one? It's because so, Long Road to Ruin's good, stat- and then the one after that's statues? good. No, 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 I'm, Home? no. It's the it's the acoustic one. Ballad of Big, Ballad of Big Miners. Yeah. Not that one. The other one. Uh, Stranger after Stranger Things. Not alone. Stranger Things have happened. Or, yeah, that's a good yeah. song. No, yeah, and then it. No, it's then the, it's, it's, it's the it's the Fallout Boy song. Uh, cheer yes. up your boys your Cheers makeup your is boys. running <laughs> yeah that's yes, that terrible that's what it is yep <laughs> that is the worst song on that album but i mean i could remix concrete and gold and have it in that same echo silence you patience could. and grace and there'd be that last half where you're like hmm, it's not great and that's and, okay. and that's one of those songs for me yes agreed it's just then we I'll roll see. into um the sky is a neighborhood which was a single i didn't love it. I think it's kind of boring. Same. I, I still can't get into it. It's it's bottom three for me. I've liked it the more I've listened to it, actually. The first time I heard it, didn't like it at all. I watched the music video. I liked it a little more. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's still kind of meh. That's where I started to get real nervous about this album. Because yeah. that was the second single, and I'm like, this is the second best song on the album. Ugh, it's a what scary are thought. they doing? And I was terrified. But then it wasn't. It was just a good Foo Fighters album. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that one, I don't know. La da. Sell me on this, Joe. It sounds like you like this song. I, I, I'm out. You're I'm out. out. Why do you like it? Why do you like it? I like it because it's the hardest song on the album. I think pretty pretty mm. clear. It's kind of the white limo of the song, and it and it it is a little white limo. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. But you know, White Limo's never going to be on the radio. It's never going to be in your top ten. It's just, um, I just like it. It's it's a better song than I expected it to be, and it's the hardest song um, on the album. And so that spoke to me. It, it 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 kind of made me think that they're still able to do different things because Make It Right and Dirty Water and you know some of the other ones were just just there. They're just songs. So it had okay. a different sound. I I love the Foo Fighters. Don't get me wrong, so don't take offense to this, guys. But the Foo Fighters don't sing about anything. No. Like, and this is just so blatantly like, it, it's titled La Di Da. <laughs> it, it just seems so dumb to me. I'm like, I know we're not, they, I mean, they're not known for like their depth of like their lyrics, but it just seems too much. It so just, it just sounds cool. It starts with that. It's, it's pretty high energy. Yeah, it is. It is. It definitely is. I think it's. I bet you're a little nostalgic for it because that seems like late '80s grunge soundy to me. That's fine. Well, let's have one so, song on album that has that sound. Let's remember where you okay. came from. Okay. Taylor Lottie Dot. Anything else? Um, no. I, I think that's a song that could actually be pretty fun live. Actually. Yeah. That could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm with you. That's a good take. All right. And this, to me, the song, and made the whole album worth it, Dirty Water. 
What? I love this song. Dirty Water. Love it. Now you sell me. Now you sell me. Um, So I love the beginning. It's got the soft acoustic open. It kind of sounds like like kind of late 60s kind of folky rock that they do sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, like where bands would dabble. I like that start. And you're just kind of like, okay, what's this? It's kind of boring. And then when that beat drops in the middle, my goodness, like it hits so hard. And it's unlike anything the Foo Fighters have done personally, like from what I've heard, it's just like a whole new thing. And I don't know, it's not even that complex, but the way it just fills your ears, I am just overwhelmed. I think it's just a phenomenal piece of music. Oh, wow. I'm I'm a big fan. And with Dave's screaming over the top, it just fits it perfect. I love it. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to go re-listen to to Dirty Water. You you sold it. Yeah, like like just that buildup, it just gives you chills when it all just comes together. It gets super loud. And it's just, I hope they play that live. Um, on, on, oh, so that's going to be a huge so, song live. So does that song, does that fit the formula of the Foo Fighters? Soft, soft, loud, loud, soft, it's loud? It's a little different because it it's like two and a half minutes it's, before it gets loud at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's two halves. It's like a completely different hmm. um, song. It's the same, but it's it's completely different the way it's played off, you know? Um, it just... It hits so hard. It's so intense because it's like pretender level screaming intensity when it drops for me. And it doesn't let up until it ends, you know, because you kind of expect it to go back, but it just keeps pounding. Um, so I, I really connected with it. It gives me chills. It gives me chills every time I listen to it. Mm. I love it. Okay. It it to me is like it's one of those things that's going to stick with the Foo Fighters. And I'm going to be like, you know, what for those like hardcore, like you really want to you know, get deep into the foos. Like you might want to go listen to this song wow. after you get into, wow. you hear all the other ones, but okay. that was just me. I, I'm surprised. I thought you'd like it more. I, uh, maybe I haven't listened to it enough. I have so, been. Okay. I, okay. All right. Let's okay. keep going. I, uh, we're, we're, we're like four days in. I mean, I, it's not like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's young. We're yeah. young. And arrows. Take, I hot love take. this song. I, me this too. song, this me song too. rocks. I like, it. like it's just, it's just classic foo. I, I'd say it's yep. just it's just a hard rocking song. Not much more I can say about it. Agreed. I think it's I think it's good. I I don't know if it's that memorable for me yet, but it's just, it's good. You know what it's like? Um, it's like um off of Wasting Light. Uh, oh shoot, Hey Rosemary or one of the oh, Arla- hey Rose- yeah, Arlandria. I love you know, Arlandria. They're, they're yes. good songs. They're done after one album. You know they're not gonna get played at concerts. But it's it's a good song. I'm with Tay. I like it. Okay. On three, I'm going to go one, two, three, and then you're going to speak. <laughs> what is your favorite Foo Fighter album? All right? Well, you guys ready? No, no it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want, yeah. I want you both to speak at the same time. All right. We're all going to say it at the same time so we can't influence each other. All right. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Sonic Wasting Highways. <laughs> you are such a dick. <laughs> Uh, I knew what you guys were gonna say. <laughs> it, of course, and I feel bad about it because "Wasting Light" is so good that if people ask, I always say one by one because I it's want a little to unfair, be different. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, everybody's is gonna be unless you stop listening to them in two thousand and you're still stuck on "Color and the Shape." But it, see, that's it, the it thing. Is wasting light. 
Color and Sonic shape will all have a special place in my heart. If anybody yeah. asks me one on one, I'll tell them that. But Wasting Light is their best album. And oh, hands down. And my gonna, favorite. It's gonna be their best album. Yeah. I'm, it just it's sad. But it brings lots of emotions with me. Well Wasting Light does, yeah. We were working together when Sonic Highways dropped. We were and we were excited. And then we heard uh something from nothing, which I like. That's a we got good song. Stoked. And I remember we listened to it, Joe. We were listening to your office, yeah. and we were like, "All right, this is good. Yeah, this is good. I'm excited for what else we could get." You know, we were like, kind of like testing the waters. You know, this is good. Yeah. And then the rest of the album dropped, and we're like, "Oh shit, oh, man, oh dang!" So I remember sitting out in my car. I think you were with me with this CD and and listening to "I Am a River." Oh my god, really, <laughs> Christian rock, really? bro. Really trying to like find something good and be like, yeah, no, no, this makes like there's some good like uh, instruments <laughs> coming in here and and like trying to just justify that this album didn't suck. And there we're at the last song of the album, and it's just it's not good. The best thing yeah. about Sonic Highways is that it's only eight songs long, right? It's not twelve. Yeah, that was yeah. And I said this to you back then. I said I'm more excited. For the album after Sonic Highways, yeah, and I'm I'm a little sad because I'm a, I'm a little underwhelmed, but I'm it's still a good album. So all right, we'll we'll, we'll carry on here. Happy Ever After, Zero Hour. I like I this like, song. I do too. Pleasant. I do too. I think it's a I, good, nice song. It's the it's the first song on the album I can sing along to. Yes, that, that yes. I I figure out the what the chorus is going to be, and I like the. Uh, the Shangri-La part, and yes. I like the song. I really do. Throw it onto part two of In Your Honor. It fit in perfect. It sounds yep. great. Yep. I, I, I like it. Yep. It's um, a good, good break. That's one you listen to with your mom. She'd just <laughs> dig it. She'll just love it, guys. Go I listen actually, to this I one. actually did that, and she approved of that song. Oh, She's absolutely. like, I like this song. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sunday Rain. It, this is Taylor Hawkins singing, right? And Paul McCartney yes. on drums. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think? Eh, I I didn't it's love it. Just a I song. I didn't love it. It was just a song. Yeah. Um, you know what I don't I was nervous about with when it, when I heard it was Taylor. I think I think you're right. It's Taylor Hawkins. I sure hope it is cuz but uh um let's see what's that song on in your honor that he sings? A Sunday in the Sunday, Sun. Cold Day in the Sun. Cold Day in the Sun. Cold day, in, yes. cold day in the Sun. And they have played that damn song at every concert ever since, right? so that Taylor Hawkins can sing. I don't like, like that song. No, I'm like, no. Let him sing something else. Let him, him, he like, can sing. Guy can sing. Give him something else. You're absolutely right. Uh, like in the Wembley uh, concert DVD, Blu-ray, whatever you have. Yes. He he gets out and he sings, uh, isn't it Rock and Roll? Uh, Led Zeppelin's Rock yep, and Roll. Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. Yep. yep. And that's great. Yep. Do that. Don't do uh, Someday in the Sun or whatever that song. Cold Day Songs. in the Sun. What, Cold Day what in the Sun that? sucks. He, he did a, they did a Queen cover when we saw him a couple of years ago. What what song was that? Under was it? Uh, it was under pressure. Yeah, yeah it was the, under pressure. It was yeah. under pressure. Yeah. 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 Give him something else, some other work to do. Cold Day in the Sun yeah. is a poor use of his voice. Yeah, and now we have a second song that he can sing. I, I just think, I don't know, maybe... They had a riff, and he's like, "I gotta sing a song." Uh, could be. <laughs> okay. All right. Give him something else to do. Like this is just a poor use of his, like his our time and his time. I think. But you know what's f- the only thing that's fun about it is that Dave goes back and plays the drums. Sure, it is always fun when he does that. But okay. that's it. Yeah. 
So that Sunday in the ra- Sunday rain, yeah, it's, it's okay. just a, it's just a song for me. It's a it, song. I, it's I, like make it right. It's like yeah, nah, nothing. Um, the line is like, but honestly, from the Echo Patient Silence Grace album, I love the way it starts. I think it's gonna have a lot of potential, and then it kind of fizzles. It doesn't like it doesn't have a lot of substance. It's good, but nothing like too deep for me. I I enjoyed the song, the third single that came out. Yeah, I I think it kind of fits in line with Arrows. It's a it's a solid Foo Fighters song. Yeah, um, it's it's nothing to write home about. It's not one of the the all times, but it's it's a solid song. It's it's entertaining to listen to. Um, I don't know. What's the I as of it. as of this day, right now at this moment, that's probably my favorite song on the album. The it line, ba- yeah, it barely, barely uh, edges out. Run. Mm. It's a, it's, a good it's good. It's it it is good. I I definitely like I, it. But but I agree with you. It does peter out. Um, sometimes they have that. Thing. That's the problem with food. Sometimes they they get something good and you're like yes, and then they like sometimes they just don't hold it long enough or do right. enough with it. You know, I don't know. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, in the last song, Concrete and Gold. Guys, this sounds like a dumpster fire to me. I, I agree. Am I wrong? How, how is this the flop. title track? How is this the title track? I don't know. I don't no, even remember I, that song. It's I've, low. I've it. Yeah. It sounds like they're down-tuned. It's I, long. It's long and qu- kind of quiet but loud yeah. at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. I... I don't know. Dave was talking about it in like some Twitter video about him like making the album. I don't know if you saw it. It was like animated. Yeah, I saw uh, it. And he was talking about how big and amazing this song got for him. And I'm just like, I don't hear it at all. Yeah. I So I didn't know if you guys could fill me in because I honestly nope. got nothing for it. Nope. It's a disappointing end to the album. Absolutely. Not Especially the, the title track too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just want to remind you, Wasting Light, that we've spent like three podcasts – seen its praises walk is its last song walk is the last song on wasting light and walk may be the best song on the album Uh uh-huh that's right amazing i know that's why you kind of have that high expectation you know they're going to start and end with a bang and it yeah fizzled so Mm. i give it a b it it was good it's not it's i'm glad they did it but at the same time i'm I'm not like gonna be praising it and screaming about this album to people. That's my take. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. A B, C plus B. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I I'll give it the same. I'm gonna give it a B plus, but in my heart, it gets an A because I expected mm. that thing to come in and fail. I didn't think they'd studied for the test. <laughs> I I'd seen their I'd seen their last book report they turned in. And it was just awful, and I had low, low expectations, and I am so I, – I, I obviously know they, could, they can do better, but mm-hmm. I'm very happy with this album because it's, <laughs> because it's not awful, which is terrible. It's not awful. No, that's, that's true. You know? And they are carrying the baton of like the rock music that we you know, like, you know? and it's the newest stuff. It's like, what's the next time we're going to hear a rock album that we're going to be like, yeah – I'm. I was waiting and excited for this, so we got to cherish these moments. True. Um. Well, yeah, I feel I'm excited a to see him tour, guys. man. You've uh, you've yeah. talked me off the ledge a little bit. 
Good. Okay, good, good. Good, T. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah um, this is going to be, for rock music, this is a good three months for me. I'm seeing Muse, Queens of the Stone Age, and Foo Fighters. All in a three-month Whoa, whoa, span. whoa. Where are you seeing Queens of the Stone Age? Saltaire, baby. October 9th. Oh, you you oh, want to come? Making a, make a you, friend here. You want to come, mm, Joe? I do. Let's do it. Okay. All right, guys. Well, this was good, Tay. Keep it cool, man. Don't get too feisty, all you right? You guys Don't be fighting people lid, in the street. So good. I'm, okay. I'm feeling a little better. Joe, thanks for coming back. We missed you. you. Appreciate you having me back. We'll have you back soon. All right, everybody. Keep it real. <laughs> we will. Okay. All right, Concrete and Gold, guys. Go listen to it on Spotify or buy it or whatever you want to do. It's good. All right, we're out. We'll see you later.